Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leo the Guild to Felipe VI. And this mm. week we are going to review Swintila. Okay, I'm definitely going to need a spelling. <laughs> what do you think? I'm going with S-W-I-N-T-I-L-A. Yeah, a lot of people do spell it that way, but mm-hmm. here's a little fun factoid. The letter W is not named uh-huh. in the Spanish language. That's true. I, I any, do any word in yes. Spanish you see spelled with a W from another language. Okay, so S-U-E? S-U-I. S-U-I. Okay. S-U-I-L-A. So let's start with sources. We have Isidore Mm -hmm. and Fredegar still, but Isidore is going to complete his history of the Goths during this episode. Oh, uh, is this because Isidore stopped or is it this because we're about to run out of Goths? It's because we're going to run out of Isidore. Oh, okay. All right. He's, yeah. he's been a, around a while. He's he's quite old. He does not right. live longer. We've got some, yes, he's, he's covered some ground. It's good. He's covered quite some ground. Mm-hmm. Yes. But in addition to Isidore and Fredegar, we have a new source today. Ah. These are the proceedings from the fourth council of Toledo. Oh, well, we had such a good time with the third council. We did. Um, so this council actually takes place in the next monarch's reign, but it okay. mentions Swintila heavily, which I see. I see. probably tells you some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. We're going to be using these proceedings to fill out our knowledge of Swintila, especially regarding his character and his popularity. I'm already seeing dark clouds on the horizon. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Now, the Fourth Council of Toledo was presided over by Isidore, of course. Of course. And it took place in the year 633. That means it's been 44 years since the Third Council of Toledo, which is a long time when you don't live. That's a long time. Uh, There were other local church councils in the intervening years, but not a Mm -hmm. big, you know, ecumenical one. Mm -hmm. Now, like the third council, the fourth council has a lot of information about church matters. For example, they were really concerned with making sure that all the churches in Spain were celebrating Easter on the same day. That, (laughs) That takes up a lot of time. Because otherwise, the whole greeting card business is just too complicated for words. Much too complicated. However, Canon 75 of the Fourth Council of Toledo deals specifically with political matters, and it has been okay. called the first written constitution in Spanish history. Oh, all right. Yeah. So it deals a lot with the relationships between the king, the nobles, the populace, etc. Gotcha. So that's why this council is going to be important. All right, let's get on to our biography of Swintila. Mm. Yes. He was born probably in the 580s. We're not 100% certain. Right. Now, later historians try to claim that Swintila was actually a son of Recared the first, but Mm. that's probably just wishful thinking. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, there's really no evidence that the two were related. Swintila was definitely a noble goth from a prominent family because he and his brother Helia, which is spelled G-E-L-I-A, by the way. Mm-hmm. So Swintila and Helia were both had leadership positions in the Spanish aristocracy. So gotcha. important family, but not, not related to Leo the Guild's family. But, right, yes, but not royal family. Okay. Correct. Now, Swintila spent his 20s kicking butt. You'll remember from our last episode that he defeated the Rucones in Asturias. Yes. He yes, fought against yes. the Basques while King Sisibut watched from the yacht. Right. And oh, he devastated God. the Byzantines in two campaigns that almost forced the empire from the Iberian Peninsula. To right. I was going to say, if you're putting together a resume, devastated the Byzantines is definitely the point at which you you get into the maybe pile. Yeah, um, I would think so. <laughs> for sure. 
that's one of those things, you know, sometimes you apply for a job and you get an interview just because you put something really interesting on your resume. Sure, sure. Like one time I yeah. definitely got an interview because I put that I had lived and worked in Spain for a year and the interviewer wanted to hear what it was like. <laughs> that's right. all. That is all. Right. So exactly. they're the Byzantines. They're like, hmm, tell me more. I kind of mm. want to know how that went down. Yes. Much more interesting than my resume, which includes worked at the mall of america selling troll dolls yes so yeah no definitely good yeah. so when sisabut and his young son died in the same week which i still think that's really suspicious pure coincidence no 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 yeah. absolutely not the fact that they had the coffins pre-made it was just really a lucky accident <laughs> Well, anyway, Swintila is well-placed to succeed him because he's the star general of the government right. right now. Right. The man you'll with notice, the army behind him is always in a good position to decide who gets to be king next. Yeah, you'll notice that successful successions often happen when a king has a really good general that gets the job after that. Right, right. right. So Leovigild had his own son, Rekared. Liuva, unfortunately, right. had Witteric. Right. Yeah. A lot of the ex-kings had the last words of Ow. Yeah. Yeah. Now Sisabut right. has Swintila. So that's how that happened. The one exception to this is probably Recared and his general Claudius. But I'm pretty sure that Claudius didn't succeed to the throne because I can tell by his name that he was a Hispano Roman. Ah, well, well of course he was. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is not allowed. And that's probably why Recared gave it to his son, Liuva, who had no experience, mm -hmm. even though Claudius probably would have been better. Well, dear God, a potted plant would have been better than Liuva. All right. All right. So Swintila, he's king now. So he starts out really strong. In either okay. 621 or 622, he mounts a surprise attack on the Basques. Oh. Now, reading in between the lines of the Chronicles, it seems like he surprised a detachment of the Basque army that had no idea he was coming because right. they just immediately laid down their arms. Oh, I kind of get the sense Quintila just happened upon their camp while they were killing. Right. And then they looked up and they were surrounded by Goths. Whoever drew first won the battle. Right. So, yeah, they all surrender immediately. And Swintila founds a Gothic settlement there called Ologicus. Okay. All right. It's thought to be the modern town of Olite in Navarre. So Leovigil did this too when he, he won a victory against the Basque and he founded uh, Victoria, right? So there's like a line mm -hmm. of forts edging ever into the Basque country that the Goths control. And this is one of mm -hmm. them. So it starts out really strong. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a this is a good way to begin. Uh, I'm sure somewhere in the great beyond, Leo the Guild is nodding approvingly. Yes. Yeah, and Swintila is also pretty popular with the Spanish hmm. population. You know, Isidore writes that Swintila was a man of, quote, faith, prudence, industry, strenuousness, and examination of the passing of judicial sentences, outstanding care in the exercise of rulership, munificent towards all, generous to the poor, a disposition towards quick forgiveness, so that not only is he worthy to be called the ruler of the people, but also the father of the poor. Good luck. Generous temper, dental hygiene, flawless. Yeah. Isidore was writing this during Swintila's reign, so we may have to oh! take the greatest <laughs> Oh, did, did you see that accidentally? I didn't intend, but I'm so, I'm blushing. Well, anyway, yeah. Yeah, right. no, definitely, gotcha. definitely he wrote it while both he and Swintila were alive and in leadership positions. So. And by the sound of it, in the same room, I'm yes. guessing. <laughs> but we can assume that Swintila was generally well-liked. Okay. You know, it's it's a lot of compliments. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of compliments. Well, 
Well, consider who he, I mean, you always want to think about who, who is he replacing? And if you're replacing Sisyba, easy to shine. Sisyphus uh, <laughs> was kind of a, a dark character underneath. Yeah. Yes. Right. Anyway, speaking of Sisyphus, Swintila is also pious. Okay. But he's not so pious that he doesn't want to finish the work he started with the Byzantines and then had to stop because right. Sisyphus got a bit squeamish. I see. I see. So, you know, just, yes, obviously, I'm, I'm a good Catholic, but, but I've you got know this what? army and. Yeah. And you know what? Giving employment to soldiers is, isn't that really the generous Christian thing to do? Well, also, I'm just really good at fighting and yeah. they're mm-hmm. almost gone. Yeah. And not supposed to hide my light under a bushel. I read that part of the book. I am right. going to just commit. Mm-hmm. So he dives right in. And in only one campaigning season, which probably occurred between 623 and 625, he sweeps mm-hmm. the Romans from the, their last remaining cities in Spanish territory. Oh, wow. All right. This is a big moment. It's a big moment. All right. It seems like he achieves this through a mixture of devastating fighting ability and some sheer dumb luck. Always a powerful combo, really. Oh, yes. He is able to capture two patricians, one in battle, Mm. but also one, quote, by means of a stratagem. Oh, God. Thor doesn't say what that is. Ah. But he somehow sneakily got got a hold of one of the leaders of the city and and used that to force them to capitulate. Stratagems are always so much fun. I mean, they Hannibal are. set Hannibal setting bulls on fire, that kind of thing. This is exactly, disappointing. exactly. All right. So yeah, he's able to use these important men as pawns, and eventually the Byzantines have to retreat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this means that Swintila is the first Spanish ruler to claim the entirety of the Iberian Peninsula. All right. Yeah, Isidore so states we... that he ruled, quote, the entire kingdom of Spain north of the Straits. So we we have a proper Spanish king. I mean, completely uncontested and compromised. All right. Now we know okay. that it's not one hundred percent true, as the preceding right. campaign against the Basques would suggest. Right, right. But, but if we if validated every Spanish king who had problems with the Basques, we wouldn't have any Spanish kings. We wouldn't I'm have thinking. a podcast. So we we can just go home. This is fine. So yes, Wendila is doing great. As yes. a matter of fact, he's doing so well, he even decides to associate his infant son, Ricamer, to the throne. Yeah. Oh. Is- Isidore also has a lot of praise for Ricamer, which I think is probably the first time I've seen all these adjectives. Applied um, to a baby? Applied to a baby, but here goes. Isidore oh. says that, quote, even in childhood, the splendor of his royal nature shines. Oh, my God. Yeah. And suddenly the entire Spanish kingdom is rendered diabetic by the fallout. Okay. It's so cheesy. It's It's awful. Yeah, no, that's terrible. So, yeah, we have reached the current day in the year 625. So Isidore packs up his writings and sends it off to the printer. He's real happy to end his history of the kings of the Goths on a positive end. And I can only guess that we will move forward with no troubles or difficulties, happy ending, Return of the Jedi, Ewoks chanting, the end. Well, something happens after this. What? No. It's not clear what it is. Uh, All right. Now, it does seem clear that when Isidore wrote that Swintila could be called the father of the poor, it was because mostly the poor liked him. Uh Uh-huh. But Fredegar tells us that Swintila was a harsh ruler and he incurred the hatred of Uh, the nobles of the kingdom. Ah, as in 
you're not poor, but I'm going to make you poor. Yeah, it seems that the other members of the nobility just really didn't like him. Ooh. And, and I'm not, I'm not, nobody's really sure why. I see, I see. Because okay. Isidore writes so yeah. glowingly of him, you know? Of course, of course. Yeah, not, not really sure what happened. But well, Fredegar's not in the same room. He's not. Um, he's all the way over in um, in France, so he, right. can, he can write whatever. Maybe be a little more honest. Okay, yes. I see. So the nobles of Spain, they want Swindila gone. They, they oh, don't dear. want him to be king anymore, but they don't really have the power to do so on their own, especially mm. if, as it seems, the general populace of Spain really likes him. Likes him. Sure, sure. Yeah. So in the year 631, one of their uh, number, a man named uh -huh. Sisanand, who was the governor of Septimania, heads off to meet with the Frankish king. I knew it! I smelled the Franks coming into this. I knew it! <laughs> oh. let's, let's catch up with the Franks a little bit, because we're switching grandmas here. We've mostly been gone? following Brunhilde, right? Damn right we have. So back in the day, Brunhilde and her sister got married uh, to two brothers who were both kings of the Franks. Right. right? So Brunhilda married Sigebert, and right. her sister Galswintha married Chilperic, right? Right. And then Chilperic's mistress had... Had Galswintha had... Had Galswintha killed, yes. Had, okay, yes. yes. Had uh, Brunhilda's sister killed. Right. right. That's that's the villain. That's the villain origin story of Brunhilda. That's the... Yes. You know, Corella de Ville's mother gets knocked off the balcony by Dalmatian's moment exactly. uh, of, of Brunhilda. Okay, got it. Well, got I don't it. know if I mentioned it, but Chilperic then marries his mistress. Right, her. right. You did. Fredegund. Which yes. is, oh, so tasteless. Okay, all but right. Fredegund and Brunhilda are like the matriarchs of these two Frank right. families. And they hate right. each other. And hate each other, naturally. Each other. Yes. <laughs> now, Brunhilda had a son, and she was regent for that son. And right. then the son grew up and got married, and he had two sons, the Theos, right. Theodobert right. and Theoderic. And Brunhilda yes. was regent for them as well. Right. But Fredegund was not as long-lived. She did have a son whom she was regent mm -hmm. for, but mm -hmm. she passed, oh, back in the 590s. So she's oh, she's not hanging in there at all. Yeah, yeah she's no, been she's, gone for a while. She's way but, in the past. All right. Yes, but her son mm -hmm. is named Clothar, and he lives for a long time. He's okay. actually the one that's part of that triple alliance. It's Clothar, Theodobert, and then the king right. of the Lombards. On Lombards, yeah, just because, just because, yeah. And and as I recall, that was an alliance that was taken very seriously by their opponent. No, yeah, not at yeah, all. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. So Clothar technically comes out as the winner in this inter-Frankish mm. battle. Like, sure. He, he defeated both of his cousins, Theodobert right. and Theoderic. But honestly, right. Theoderic defeated and captured Theodobert, and then Granny Bruhilda had him and his son executed. Oh, well, it's not exactly. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and then Theoderic died of dysentery later that same year. Uh, yeah. So Clothar uh, got off pretty lucky there. Two of his Yeah, I was going to say, you yeah. know, when your when your opponent steps on a rake and knocks himself out, you didn't win the fight. <laughs> so this is where we left it last time with great granny Brunhilde becoming the regent for Theoderic's son. Remember she's right. carrying the baby into battle and the little, you know, the, the No, that's not 100% accurate unfortunately. I hate to I want to see that painting. <laughs> well, but the great grandson was probably about 11 at this time. Oh. Oh, oh well damn it uh, so right. he wasn't a baby 
Uh, However, uh, you can ride in the sidecar. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> but Clothar doesn't find it very difficult to defeat a great grandmother and an 11 year old. I was going to say the Vegas odds on this one are pretty long. Go ahead. <laughs> right. So he just rolls in and he takes that territory and he becomes king of all the Franks. And then okay. finally, finally, Brunhilde oh. was put to death. Oh, that must have taken forever. It, she um, was 70 years old. Yeah. Just. All right, we're going to need another axe. That's the fifth. I know. She is just laughing at us. She, she was actually pulled apart by horses. Okay. And again, I have to ask, given that it's from Hilda, how many horses? You know, it's not said. <laughs> I assumed four. Because oh, I four limbs, but I don't know. No, I think it's got to be at least eight. Uh, I mean, come on, it's Brunhilde. Right. And is that the best you can do? You is her last dying words. Go ahead. <laughs> so Brunhilde and her line are finally done. Mm-hmm. And the victor in all of this is Fredegund's line. The right. mistress is triumphant after all the, this time. The, the, right. The the evil mistress is cackling in the great beyond. Okay. Yes. Well, Brunhilde had a magnificent run. She and had she's a still, great run. She's, yeah, she's, she's, she's still my favorite uh, character that we've met so far. And awesome. that's putting up her head of the guild. So that's saying something. That is saying something. Uh, well, right. so Clothar has a son named Dagobert, and this is the king of the Franks that is approached when they want to get right. rid of Swintila. Of Swintila, right. right. Okay. This is where we're at in 631. All right. So Sisanand, the noble that has been chosen to go on, you know, this, this request, approaches Dagobert, who is the king of all the Franks, and asks him if he'd be willing to help him overthrow the king of Spain. I'm sorry, one more time. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Much like Guntram two generations ago, Dagobert was pleased to help. Yeah, well, all right. <laughs> he thinks it's a great idea. Martin oh, way ahead of you. I already had t-shirts made for this one. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Dagobert raises an army in Burgundy and they march on Spain. They're okay. heading straight for Zaragoza, mm-hmm. which is in Navarre. So once they get there, they declare Sisanand the king of the Goths. They take <sighs> Zaragoza without a fight. And because mm-hmm. Septimania had already declared for Sisanand, the writing was pretty much on the wall. Right. Kind of right. stormed in. The nobles, including Swintila's own brother, Helia, all declared for Sisanand. Swintila was forced to abdicate. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Okay. This puts him in an interesting position. I, I was going to say, forced to abdicate. Now, am I putting that in quotation marks, given what happened to Leo II, or what, what's the... No, because he abdicated and was not killed, this means that Swintila was alive two years later when the Fourth Council of Toledo was convened. Oh, all right. So he got to hear the leaders of his country describe him as a tyrant, accuse him of various crimes, excommunicate him, strip him of his possessions, and exile Mm -hmm. him. Yeah, this is kind of like, it's the Friars Club roast, but it's the Friars Club roast of Chevy Chase, where everybody on stage actually does hate the guy so yeah yeah, okay this is bad this is bad okay Isidore himself who is presiding Mm -hmm. at this council the one Mm -hmm. who called him the father of the poor right his name to the proceedings oh wow yeah oh oh dear and just to rub salt into the wound if Swinkina had headed down to the local bookshop he would have found that all of the copies of Isidore's History of the Goths were had volume two written on them. And the oh. entire last part with all that praise of him, cut uh, out. Oh, 
so so this is cancellation this is what cancellation actually is that's what this it is, is yeah i was gonna say you know basically this is this is Swintila, you know, needs to pull Louis C.K. inside and say, you haven't been canceled. Let me explain to you what cancellation actually is. It's, well, it's an entire church convocation telling you that you're the worst. Yes. We don't know oh, how but... or when he died or if he actually went off into exile, but we never hear of him again. So it's a really what? effective cancellation. What's to live for after this? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, everybody you knew, including your own brother, and the Bishop of Seville who loved you, signing right. his name to the statement that says, like, you're the devil. Yeah, no, no, just just get your, get your big bowl of pork cracklings and cheese dip and sit in front of the TV and binge, you know, Friends and Seinfeld for another couple of weeks until you eat yourself to death. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. No, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the end of the ring of Sweet Wow. Uh, well, I mean, certainly one cannot say it is, it is narratively uninteresting. I mean, it's that was that, a lot of twists. It's a good, yeah, that's a, that's a good story, but, but man, talk about being hit on fast forward. Yeah. Um, wow. All right. All right. Cool. All right, first category is conquistadores. Let's talk about his war success. Uh, I think we have to give this gentleman quite a lot of credit. I think um, we do. He's, I mean, the only thing about the Byzantine campaign mm -hmm. that I will say against him is that Sisabut did most of, well, okay. It was under Sisabut's reign that most of the work was done. Okay. Swintila yeah. only really had to mop up. Right. Having um, said that, Swintila was literally the general that fought in Sisibut's campaigns. So right. He did do it. Sure. I absolutely am more. <laughs> Put it this way Swintila never watched a battle from a yacht. He did not so, watch a battle from a yacht. He was in there with his sword swinging around. Swintila didn't write a poem. He's um, not a poetry I, guy, no. Yeah, no. We're talking about somebody who set the borders of, I mean, who gave us the borders of Spain, who gave Correct. us the entire Iberian Peninsula. And against, and, you know, uh, obviously, yes, we have to give some acknowledgement to the luck factor of things coming mm -hmm. upon. But, but if we, if we think about, you know, the history of the American Revolution, Washington was, you know, 50% talented general and 50% luckiest son of a in the world. So Luck think, is super important when it comes to war. You know, yes, you can I mean, be as talented as anything. Right. And if it's pouring rain, that's going to right. change the, the dynamics of things. Yeah, Machiavelli, would, Machiavelli is nodding somewhere. That's exactly right. So is um, I'm, I'm inclined to give him, I mean... I, I'm just so impressed with kicked the Romans out of Spain. That's yeah. to me, that's so big. And surprised um, the Basques into giving up without a fight. Yes, yes. The Basques are pretty fierce but warriors. The Basques? Oh yeah, no, 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 no. That's nobody nobody takes a backseat to the Basques. Absolutely. Now On against him, hand, we do have to say that he was overthrown in a coup right. in which he didn't right. fight at all. 
which he did not fight at all. Exactly. That's where I'm, I'm inclined to knock off points is the end of his reign really does compromise his overall score. So, but I mean, just the first part, I'm thinking seven. I was um, also thinking a seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really I, I, good. It really is up until the point when it isn't, but you know, when it isn't, um, but that's right. why we, I can't give like an eight or a nine. Oh no, 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 no. Um, yeah. Absolutely. No, I think a seven is, I think, given, given, given his accomplishment, I think we have to, we have to give him a seven. Oh, yes. Good. Okay. So that good. is a 14 for Conquistadores. Good. Right out of the starting gate. He's doing very well. The second category is no me digas. Right. This is where we talk about any gossipy elements of mm-hmm. his reign. And, you know, I don't really have much. I yeah I'm I'm looking over my notes and I, I I'm think not... the biggest thing that people would gossip about mm-hmm. about his reign is just the fact that Isidore was like oh my gosh he's the best thing since right Fred right and then less than five years later he's signing a resolution Complete that says this guy's a tyrant yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. what happened what happened. Yeah, 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 that, that's that a, is that is crazy. Something happened, as you said. Something happened. I don't know if it's um, something Swintila did, or if mm, there was a clique of nobles against him that steadily got more power. I just don't know. Right, right, right. So was he great? Was he the father of the poor, or was he a tyrant? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the problem is you can't give you can't give points for a question mark. That is um, and and I just feel as though I mean he's he's not even amusingly pious. Yes, in sort of the killjoy, what somebody else there is having fun, time to set time to burn them alive, that kind of thing. He right. didn't write meddling letters. Right, yeah. right. Didn't 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 tell his you know illegitimate illegitimate son, son to, become, to become, a to become a monk. His unpopularity with the nobility indicates something very interesting about his character i think so. um whether that i knew what it was he's, whether he's noble and principled or whether he's obnoxious or whether you know we don't know but i'm 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 really not inclined to go above a two on this one you know basically i i'm giving him a two mostly on credit hmm. which is if we ever find out it better be good um, <laughs> i hope so. like he stole another noble's favorite pair of shoes. Right, exactly. Just something petty um, like that. Yeah, and and made a point of wearing them every time that noble visited court, like something like that. That would be good. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking a two. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a one again. Yeah, because yeah. something must have happened, but we don't right. know what it was. Yep, exactly. So that is a three for no meaning guess. Yeah, stumbling on the stumbling a little. All right, orthodoxia is our next category, which is where we say how orthodox and religious were they? Well, he seems to have been, I mean- he seems he, pretty standardly religious uh, right. at the time. I do have an interesting artifact that we have oh. from this. Okay, okay. In the 1800s, a farmer was plowing a field in Spain and mm-hmm. he came across some gold. So he called in, you know, the government and the culture ministry, and it was a Visigoth treasure trove. Hmm. And included in this treasure trove were some votive crowns. Do you know what these are? Um, no, go ahead. 
a votive crown is it's a, a piece of gold work that's in the shape of a crown, but it's not meant to be worn. It okay. is on chains. It's meant to be placed in front of an altar as a symbolic offering. Ah, okay. I see that. Okay. Right. Sure. So there are a couple of votive crowns that were found in this treasure trove, and one mm-hmm. of them was Swintila's. It oh. had his name on it. Okay. So he was definitely pious enough to make this sort of offering. Okay. Now I'm going to show you a picture of the crown when we get to Greystone. Okay. Uh, But unfortunately, I don't have a photo of it because in 1921, the treasure trove was burgled and his crown specifically was stolen. So we don't have it anymore. Oh, there are some other crowns from later Visigothic rulers, but we don't have the actual crown. I have a photo from 1921 and I have a drawing. Somewhere in Spain, either Nicolas Cage or I'm guessing Tom Hanks had something to do with its disappearance. I'm sure it's um, important okay. to the, some conspiracy. Right. It, I, I don't know how it involves the Knights Templar, but it involves the Knights Templar because it's always the Knights Templar. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Okay. So it, it he, he certainly was normally pious for the time. Yes. Right. And On the other hand... There's Let's no... talk about the Fourth Council and what happened there. Well, he did get excommunicated. Yeah, I mean. But can we say, was that really, you know, we're getting into the time where you get excommunicated for political reasons rather than religious ones. It's, well, it's like it's you said true, before but... with the popes becoming more of a political right. machinators, right? It's, we're... it's... I, I think we have to dock him at least a point, though. I mean, I think we do. I think we died do. excommunicated. I mean, that's you know, that's very um, true. I didn't think about that. But there's I'm no thinking, laws. Yeah. There's yeah. no stories he, about him writing. Right. Books. He didn't found a church. No, I mean, and again, this this falls into the category of okay, you in and of yourself appeared to have been fairly pious. At least mm-hmm. that's the credit. But yeah, I mean, uh, three. I mean, I think I'm also going to go for a three. Yeah. 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 There's D- just died excommunicated has got to be. Yeah. It, it, you, you can't you get gotta... high marks for that. No. Um, but the crown is pretty cool. And, and the it, crown is very cool. And yes, it proves that true. he did care, unlike Witterick, for example. Right. 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 Okay. So that's a six for orthodoxia. Our last category is El Resto. This is where we right. look at what they have left behind. So oh, we're going to start with the statue. Swintila does okay. have a statue. Okay. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, Real Roman still. I'm very surprised. Very Roman. Yeah. No, I mean, he's got an Aegis shield. He's, yeah. this is very. It's uh, interesting that they've put on the pedestal that he died in 633. I haven't right. seen that cited anywhere. Hmm. 633 he's... was the year of the Fourth Council of Toledo. And oh. he's he's almost in a dancer's pose. I mean, he's got the one foot on tippy toe, right. um, indicating a level of grace that I did not immediately associate. Graceful. Uh, with, I was going to say he's yes. very thin, and you know he's he yes, he looks very graceful. I don't think this right. is at all. No, 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 no. He he so. looks like he has just run across the street to get lunch at Sardi's from whatever show he's doing on Broadway, where he is clearly in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to point out yeah. that if you look at the statue, his left arm mm-hmm. is freakishly long. Oh um, my. Yeah, it's that is disproportionate as hell. 
it looks uh-huh. a lot bigger than his right it, as well. Yeah, it really does. That's, <laughs> like the that's, width, the girth of it. It's very it's terrifying. It's a little terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I think um, it's just no. because of the, the trying to get the cloak over it. And there was just right. a lot of rock left right. over, but oh, it's yes. not good. Yeah, not good. Say. Let's look at the painting. Oh, good. Oh, God. I don't um, like it at all. No, we've, we've, I was saying, we've had some good paintings in the past, but that is, that is just awful. Is it the same artist? It's all the seen? same artist, yes. Oh, wow. Did he phone that one in? That was... Uh, I, it's so funny. You're right, because even the background is very blah. Oh, blah. Yeah, no, we've had guys in caves that had been turned into temples. Yeah. Altars made up of every cross that they could find in that palace. And this is just... Wow, the, I there's like one like, column and right. the hint of a tree. That's it. Right. I'm I'm looking at this painting and I immediately want to order room service because that's the quality of the painting we're talking yeah. about. Well, it's and terrible. He's, he's got a nice crown on, but he looks very yes. young, and I don't think he was that young. No. Yeah. And also, that's not how you hold a sword. It isn't. I mean, this is. Uh, and what is he wearing on his legs? um floofy pants that have been compressed with the cross yeah it looks it looks like he's got bound up haystacks on his legs this is just no yeah no it's real bad no i'm gonna go with the theory that the painting of uh that we saw last week was right because that was a good like warrior that makes a lot more sense. If that had been, if this had been a painting of Sisyphus, that this painting looks like a man who would write a poem during a battle. I, if, yeah, all right, gotcha. Let's just switch those in our mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, we have a coin. It's nothing impressive. Oh no, yeah. it's not. I mean, there, it's it's, it's it's nightmare inducing. But I've had this nightmare four or five times already, so right. I'm, so I'm starting really to, to remark. I like the fact that they couldn't be bothered to get the eyes on the same level oh (laughs) i mean it's going to be really interesting once we get to the arab rulers because their coins are way more skilled oh of course they are just amazingly Um, more skilled i was going to say of course the arab coins won't have faces but then again these coins don't have faces. I wouldn't really call this a face so, at all. No. 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 no okay. Way. Yeah. I was going to say, bring on the Arabs, please. All right. Well, we're getting there. All right. Okay. So here's the crown. Mm. Here is a photo of it. Whoa. The photo is from 1921. That is not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. Um, so it's hung from chains. So it's meant to yeah. be hung in front of the mm-hmm. altar. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, so that's, I mean, and I assume it was gold. Yes. Um, okay. No, here's I mean, a, um, here's a drawing of it. Okay. And so you can well, see there are letters hanging down from it. I think it's right. their names. Okay. All right. Well, it's, I like it. It's I an mean, interesting bit of artifact that we have. Sure. Them. It also kind of looks like the thing that you would hang over the crib of, oh, I'm thinking the Zarovich when he's a baby. Yeah, um, just really expensive it, it, movie. Right, the, the the thing that you know you you send to the crown prince of a neighboring country when you're both in the degenerate periods of both your empires. No, I I like that a lot though. I mean, yeah, in terms of, cool. yeah, yeah, I, I I think that's very impressive. So okay, so but, apart from those physical things, mm-hmm. we know that he reigned for. Well, how long do you think he reigned? Um. I'm looking, the Council of Toledo is 
next 33 is it six years am i blind it is 10 years 10 years okay it's all right 21 10. to 631 oh 631 okay yes all right got you all right okay um, he's alive for longer than that but that is well, his train still 10 years is you know a hell of a lot better than some of the others we've had to put mm -hmm. up with he um, was so, married and had children because the okay. council of Toledo mentions that they will also be exiled. Of course. But we don't know their names or really how many. So we assume like two kids. But right. And don't they don't come them. to anything. They don't clearly, come to so. anything either. Mm. You know, being ex dying excommunicated. Right. It's a pretty harsh death back then. That is a very harsh. Yes. Mm hmm. But we don't know anything about the manner of his death. So we don't know if he mm. was cool or not. But he was excommunicated oh. when he died. Right. That usually involves the room of knives and poison, but not necessarily. So okay. Yeah, we don't we don't really right. know what what came of him. Hmm. All right. They just kicked him out and didn't yeah. write about him ever again. Did he die on the exact same day as several members of his other family? Because if so. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. All right. So that's that's El Resto. What do you think? Mm. I like the crown. Um, I like I the crown a lot. I, I hate the painting. <laughs> I hate the painting so much. Yeah. The statue is just weird enough and wrong enough to be mm -hmm. compelling. The coins are just absolutely standard issue. I'm, I'm very right. unimpressed with the coins. I'm going to say a four, and it's really just going to be for the crown mostly. Yeah, I'm also going to say a four for the crown mm -hmm. and for being excommunicated. And for being excommunicated, yes. That's that an is interesting a, legacy. Right, right. I don't. We haven't had that before. So, Although Hermenegild, you know, didn't exactly well, go out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. What did I say? I didn't say that name. What name? No, what there, name there was is nobody, that? I've never there heard was that nobody name by that either. name. Right, sorry. Right. Uh, so that's 31. Thank God somebody else is doing the math. Yes, okay. So 31 is the total score. Not mm. as good as Sisabut or as Leovigild. Right, right. Years, but not as bad as... Well. Like Witterick. Nothing could be as bad as Leova. Well, um, Leova's <laughs> our lowest right now. He only yeah, got yeah, 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 yeah. All right. And well, now we and... have a question to ask ourselves. Fuero or fuera? Oh, I, you know, it, it, it's all about the very ending, because if he had simply, you know, slipped in the shower mm -hmm. before the invasion, yeah. I would have, I would have said fuero. Um, I mean, he kicked the Byzantines out. He because he like, kicked the Byzantines what, out. I what mean, is this being squeamish and not wanting to spill Catholic blood? I want right. the entirety of this peninsula right. under my right. rule. But, but man, talk about turning out to be a paper tiger. And so in much the same way that last episode with Sisabut, I didn't want to give him Fuero, but I had to. Yeah. And I feel, I feel the exact opposite here. I don't want to give you Fuero, but I have to because of how you went out. Well, and um, we, we do have to take into account that the Fourth Council of Toledo literally told Swintila Fuera. Tula, get out. Yes, I was going to say. Get out. They literally right, told him to get right. out. There is that. Right. The, the, the kings that are overthrown, having literally been told to get out. Yes. Have to, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, no, they, yeah. they exiled him. They literally right. told him to get out of the country. Right. I don't think we so, can do better than that. No, I think that, I think that is correct. You know, we're just <sighs> going to follow historical precedent. 
Um, that's a very, this is a very sad story this in, one is in many sad. respects. We're looking at a very, very promising reign, a lot of very important kind of exciting stuff. And he himself yeah, appears he... to have been possibly a nice guy, or at least, you know, not a lunatic. And he's um, competent. Right. Very, yeah. And, uh, and he outlived Brunhilda. And, and you know that Brunhilde. you know and very few did that so you know i i think that that's impressive but the but yeah but the ending is very very pathetic and very if he sad. is married if he is married with children you know he spent the last years of his life apologizing all right uh-huh. well that is swintila tell us what you all think right. about him we are on facebook yes. and twitter spanish Arcana. Yes. We have a Gmail account, SpanishArpada at gmail.com. We, we love to hear from our fans. So yes. yeah. Um, all right. It is time for recommendations. I'm going to okay. go first this time. Please do. Please I do. know everybody is tired of Wordle, mm. but I have a Wordle related <laughs> suggestion. Oh, all right. <laughs> My recommendation. Well, first of all, I have been doing the Wordle in Spanish. If you don't know that there nice. is one, then you I did not. Oh, yes, there is one in Spanish. So if you speak Spanish and you want some more practice with your Spanish, it's Mm -hmm. Wordle, and then in parentheses it says ES. So if you just search that on Google, you will have a little link in the show notes. I find that I tend to overcomplicate things with Spanish Wordle, though, Mm -hmm. because I know so many fancy words. Right. And then I I guess so many, and then at the end I'm like, oh, it was a Yuda. That was really Mm -hmm. easy. Right, right. But the other Wordle one that I really like to play is Global, G-L-O-B-L-E. It shows you a globe. You put in the name of a country Mm -hmm. and it tells you whether you are close or far from the country that they are thinking of. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I usually put in Kenya first because I feel like it's nice and central, right? Yes, it is. Good. It will will go right to that country and Mm -hmm. color it. Uh, right lightest right. to deepest mm-hmm. red deepest sure. red is the closest and so then you guess mm-hmm. you know something that might be closer and then it's right. not as red so you're like oh right. i gotta try another one mm-hmm. um it is a lot of fun that's and yeah it, that does sound great and it really and, is testing my knowledge of world geography right. which i sure don't, <laughs> don't necessarily know a lot about and it, it it that that is a game that would remind me of you know the implicit no the really the implicit racism of my education because mm. it would be like you can't name this country in africa can you no i can't no, name that no, country in africa <laughs> i mean and even if i can name it what i what i think it was named was what it was named under the imperialists and that was 100 right. years ago so yeah i suck <laughs> yeah well that is my uh that's my recommendation for this week global nice Very similar i to like Wordle, it. but but countries but fun okay um i am going to sort of riff a little bit on my last recommendations which were the two restaurants my recommendation this week is a book that i am listening to by stanley tucci oh. called taste interesting um taste yes it is a basically a memoir. Uh, I, I guess the subtitle is Taste My Life Through Food. And it is it is basically a memoir of his childhood, early career, mid-career, and so forth, basically centered around the meals that he remembers and the dishes that he remembers through this period. So there's, you know, 
food that his his mother and his grandmother cooked for him as a mm-hmm. small child, the food of, you know, the cheap restaurants in New York that he ate uh, at when he was getting started there and, and so on and so forth. And um, it is, I'm listening to the audio uh, version of it. And it, of course, is read by Tucci himself. And it oh, is awesome. a... Oh yeah, it is a delightfully comic. I mean, uh, he 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 is just he he loves to rip on himself and and does so consistently uh, and thoroughly. Yeah, it is it is it's just uh, it's wonderful. Uh, if if you are a food porn aficionado as I am, it's 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 wonderful for that reason. And it's nice to read uh, a book uh, by somebody who is not a chef but an eater and who is who is as adamant about how food is to be eaten as the chef is adamant about how food is to be prepared right um so it is very enjoyable and i recommend it highly and i particularly recommend the uh audio version because it is basically a one-man show by stanley tucci um so it is is great yes so that is my recommendation well, next time we will be back and we'll be talking about Sissanand, the one who oh. went all Franks in. Yes. Oh, this is going to be, oh, this, this is not going to be good. Well. All right. Looking all right, forward to it. We will see it. you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.